The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No, I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen no! to me. Just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Going to learn about Tunisia in about 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. I don't think they're going to win our Twitter poll today, though. Which team from Group G are we advancing in the Crowley Show World Cup Tournament? Yeah, actually, uh, as of right now, they are in dead last behind England at 44%, Belgium at 29%, Panama at 15%, and, well then, well then there's Tunisia, which I just learned today was in Africa. Oh, what? I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to give you too many facts about Tunisia before we get there. So, again, wait. Ten minutes. We'll teach you everything you need to know about that country. Even though it's pointless. Isn't this all pointless, though, anyhow? I mean, does any of this really matter? Are we all just going to wind up in the ground one day? I don't think so, Adam. This is educational. It's bettering lives. It's it's creating uh, stronger minds, especially with the kids. Well, we were until we played this audio from Antonio Brown. Love practice, right? You, you hear all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a tough time, you know, the time we live in, you know, you start to think from the perspective of my kids, you know, the time I miss out from their lives, you know, obviously, you know, me being away, they're down in Florida. So, you know, I started to think what's important, you know, if I'm playing football to make a lot of money, or I'm playing football to take care of my family, you know, so doing some of the decisions and things I think about. Maybe they don't come here every day. What is your Did AB not be, did Ben not begin here have any impact on that decision? I play with any quarterback. No matter who's here, I play with the Steelers. It's not one guy that I'm, you know, it's not one guy. But again, you guys write the stories. You know, uh, I got to wake up to the Google alerts. You guys, you know, constantly under the pressure. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field. You know, I can't do nothing normal. You know, you guys write about me every day. My mom, my kids see it. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know. Uh, and I started to think to myself, am I really free? You know, I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you guys how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? You know, and I got to ask myself that in regards to taking away time from my kids and everything that's going on. So I had to get away to, you know, free my mind. What did you learn from that process? Well, I'm still under pressure. You know, you guys in my face asking me about not showing up to volunteer practice, you know. That's the world we live in, though. It was kind of funny, though, wasn't it? You were talking about Le'Veon. No, nah, you, guys, you guys paint me a picture to talk about Le'Veon. I, I'm not involved with Le'Veon business or his contract. You guys write about it and say, oh, AB says he show up. I just say the first rule of getting better is show up. I didn't say he got to show up. He got his own business. But that's why I go back to referring. You guys put the pressure on me all the time. In regards to life, in regards to everything, and, and we just supposed to take it. You know, that, that, ain't, that ain't freedom. Do you have any problem with Bruce Arians or Mike Tomlin based off your I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with anyone. Uh, I just feel like as a player, you, you play this game so much, you know, we can never get a chance to really express yourself. You know, everyone's telling us to, you know, bottle yeah. everything up and not say no. Yeah. And, you know, when I reflect on my career, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that put a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, when I take time to reflect, you know, I reflect like, you know, guys who have made it hard on me for no reason. That's Antonio Brown. Freedom. Is there any player in the history of the Steelers that has been allowed to do what he wants to do more than that guy? I mean, maybe Fats Holmes shooting at a helicopter. 
But seriously, though, Antonio Brown does whatever the hell he damn well pleases, and there's zero, zero punishment. Nothing. And I don't know what you do when Antonio Brown takes video of the team after a playoff game prior to their game against New England. I don't know what you do. You can't sit him. You can't cut off your nose to spite your face. You can't say, oh, I'm tough guy, or sitting you down, or else you'll lose. You see what the Patriots did with Malcolm Brown? Is that even the cornerback's name? Malcolm Butler? You see what they did with him? Sat him down during the Super Bowl. They lose the Super Bowl. And now Bill Belichick, who is infallible, the guy who could do nothing wrong, all of a sudden did something wrong. Mike Tomlin, not infallible. So what's he going to do? Sit Antonio Brown down? But you get my point. Antonio was able to do that with no repercussions. None. Zero. Zilt. Nothing. Antonio Brown's throwing Gatorade coolers. Nothing happens to him. He gets a scolding, too, from Ben Roethlisberger. Not in the locker room, but on his radio show. Ooh, really showed him. Antonio Brown dances and flips and gyrates, all of which, up until this last year, were penalties, and Mike Tomlin did nothing. Antonio Brown could do whatever the hell he damn well pleases because he's so damn good. Don't tell me you don't have any freedom. You know who doesn't have freedom? Players at the bottom end of the 53-man roster. Remember when Cedric Wilson assaulted his, his either girlfriend or wife in a bar? He got cut real fast. You remember what happened with James Harrison? Nothing. Why? Because James Harrison's a star. Antonio Brown's a star. Antonio Brown is Teflon from a punishment standpoint. That dude ain't getting punished for anything. You want to talk about freedom? That's freedom. Yeah, Crowley, but he was talking about the media. Man, the media doesn't say junk about Antonio Brown until Antonio Brown gives us junk to say about him. Antonio Brown could be boring. Antonio Brown could keep his mouth shut. But he doesn't, and that's when he gets into trouble. Antonio Brown's the guy who parked in a handicapped space with the most expensive car to have ever driven through Latrobe. That's a douchebag move. Antonio Brown's the guy who shows up late to his radio shows. Antonio Brown's the guy who shows up late to autograph signings. And again, I don't think this is because Antonio Brown's a bad guy. I just think Antonio Brown's a spacey guy. Either way, it's his own doing. I don't fabricate things just to fabricate them. I don't come up with different proposals for trade just because I want to talk about it. Uh, I don't talk about a guy and rip his character because I want to rip somebody's character that day. No, I think I'm a pretty good guy myself. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to drag someone's name through the mud for no reason. Most media members won't. So the reason it's happening to you, Antonio Brown, is because you're doing it to yourself. It's because you've created this narrative that the media is going to run with. It's not their narrative. It's the narrative you handed them. It's news because you said something. It's news when you contradict yourself. Le'Veon Bell, if you're not getting better, if you're not here, you're not getting better. If you're not here, you are not getting better as a football player. He said, come out here and show up. Show you want to get better and show guys you're serious. And then what's he do? He leaves for eight practices. That's three weeks. Be here. If you're here, you're trying to get better. If you're not here, you're not. See ya. Goodbye. Later. Peace out. And then he's got the goal to say it's the media's fault? He's got the goal to say it's our fault? 
He doesn't have any freedom? Yo, man, spoiler alert, none of us have freedom. None of us in the public eye, and yes, I do consider myself in the public eye. I've got a highly rated radio show. It's up 700%. I speak to thousands upon thousands of snowflakes every single day, both terrestrially and on the iHeartRadio app. But when you're in this position and you put your opinions out there, you put your voice out there, you put your face out there, and my God, we know he loves to put his face out there, you're fair game. Antonio Brown does one thing that's smart. On Fridays, he talks. When everything else has been talked about throughout the week, he doesn't talk until Friday. It's all done. It's 5 o'clock. See ya. Goodbye. No one cares. They're thinking about the game. Buried. And the media didn't have a choice but to say, okay, we're going to have to deal with that. That's a smart thing Antonio Brown has done. He doesn't want, I suppose, his words to be twisted. But he sure puts out a lot of words that are easily twisted. What an unlikable team. Again, I don't think AB's a bad guy. I don't think Le'Veon Bell's a bad guy. I've talked to both of them. I got to know Le'Veon a little bit as he did the Le'Veon Bell show with Stan Saverin. And I was producing it back in the day. I liked the guy. I liked Antonio Brown with some of my dealings with him. But when you paint yourself the victim and you ain't a victim, man, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. You're not going to have the people behind you if you make yourself the million-dollar football player look like the victim. doesn't work that way. And when you are a person in the public light and you start tweeting, you start putting your face out there, criticism is going to follow. I'm not free. I got people showing up to my workouts. Well, stop posting your workouts on Instagram then. You want people to see, but only to a point, right? Well, you don't get to decide what that point is because you're feeding into the thousands upon thousands of people who are frothing at the mouth just to see the glimpse of Antonio Brown's left ab. Tunisia? Tunisia is the northernmost country in Africa. It's bordered by Algeria to the west, Libya to the southwest, and Mediterranean Sea to the north and east. That's all I could find on Tunisia. I got a few, Adam. Did you know that the country's only ever had two presidents? Only two. Only two. When was it founded? Uh, Not too long ago. Good question. Do you know that camel was eaten mainly in the southwest, but it can only mm. can sometimes be tough and chewy, but a true delicacy is the toe. Oh, love the toe. Apparently scorpions are all over the place in the south. Oh, Adam, not only scorpions, but very poisonous snakes and extremely poisonous spiders. Yikes. Polygamy has been outlawed. Oh. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's moving you towards, like, modern republics. Did you know another thing? That some of the scenes from the Star Wars tattooing, they were filmed in Tunisia because it looks a lot like a giant sand planet. planet. Yeah, <laughs> this is bad. Tatooine. Tunisian mountains. Hey, Adam, did you know that uh, Raiders of Lost Ark was filmed in Tunisia as well? They had to remove over 300 antennas from one scene off the houses to make it look like it was olden times in the 40s. The Nazis weren't real. All paid actors. Same for Star Wars. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette is going to join us next. He wrote a nice piece, an informative piece, 
after talking to Jim Rutherford about the Penguins offseason. We'll flip to that and get away from Tunisia. Next, it's the Crowley Show. Dad, what are you doing? Cramming for college. I'm the one going to college. Yeah, but we need to figure out how we're going to pay for it all. Discover Student Loans. Discover does student loans? Yeah, they're one of the top student loan lenders in the country. It takes 15 minutes or less to apply, and there are no fees for the life of the loan. Best of all, I can earn cash rewards if I get good grades. Really? Yeah, we still have time to apply and get a great rate. So I can just chill. College kids still say that, right? No one says that, Dad. Really? Yeah. Visit discoverstudentloans.com to apply today. Limitations apply. Fish and chips. Broccoli. Football. Vitelli. Big Ben. Hammer Spank. Shakespeare. Mr. Bean? Boddington's beer. I'm exhausted, tired of all the A-B nonsense again. I was tired of all the nonsense as the season carried on. 13-3, and and yet you want to punch yourself in the ding-dong instead of hearing some of these guys talk. Instead of enjoying the ride at 13-3, and they made you want to bitch and moan. So we'll move on from that. Jason Mackey joins us now from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, wrote a piece after having talked to Jim Rutherford, a kind of off-season primer for these Pittsburgh Penguins. Mackey? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It does not seem like GMJR is concerned about the Phil Sullivan relationship. So what that says to me is that if the Penguins trade Phil, it's not because of that, but it's because they'd be doing so because he would be at his highest value. Yeah, and that's the way it was from the get-go to be quite honest with you, and I'm not trying to, you know, rain on the parade or any, of anybody, and, and we had one at our own paper, so, you know, whatever, that sort of played up this rift or disagreement or, or there was an issue or whatever, and there might well have been an issue between Phil Kessel and Mike Sullivan. My point in what I wrote yesterday was that's not weird. Um, as somebody who played competitive sports, obviously nowhere near the level of these guys, but, I mean, you have disagreements with your coach. It happens. It doesn't mean things are irreparable. And Jim is fine with how things sit right now. And if they went back to training camp the way things are right now, there wouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, that being said, I, I wouldn't say that Phil Kessel is untouchable this summer, just like I don't think any of his players are untouchable this summer, other than Crosby, Malk, and Murray Gensel. You know, that's probably your four that he would hang up right away. But, um, you know, he was pretty uh, pretty explicit that he is open for business and he is listening and he will do something this summer. And I wrote that as well. But um, like you said, if, if he does do something with Kessel, it's because he gets a deal he likes and he feels like it makes them better, not because there are any sort of issues going on. I would definitely put that in the drastic column if it were to happen, if Phil Kessel's moved, obviously, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel. Does it sound like Jim Rutherford is thinking about rocking the boat a lot this offseason? I don't know. It depends on how you want to term a lot. Um, I, do I think there are going to be rostered players traded? Like, you know, guys that are among their 18 best skaters? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't think it'll be a top four defenseman. 
Um, I think uh, I think Carl Hagelin is possible to go, although it's not the most likely. I think the guys that are probably the most likely, you're looking at Matt Hunwick, Connor Sherry, they make a lot of sense. I feel like somebody could probably covet Tristan Jari, um, and he is certainly a tradable asset for the Penguins. Um, you know, Kessel, I'm, I'm less convinced that they're going to do anything now. I just don't think there's been sort of the, the undercurrent of interest. Maybe they hoped. Um, I truly believe they think Derek Broussard is going to be a part of this team next year. So um, I feel about to say there aren't a lot of routes they can go, um, but you're probably looking at a Hunwick, Sherry, Hagelin, Jari, somewhere in that mix. So, I mean, I would classify that as significant, but probably not huge. I'd hate to see Broussard get parted with. Do you think that his struggles this year were more injury or fit-related? I think it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, I think late in the season he started to feel comfortable um, and then got hurt, and then he came back, and he wasn't 100%. He might not even have been 80 when he came back. And then, you know, I think it sort of destroyed the fit he found. He was never the same player. And I also think it, it was a little bit on the Penguins, and they didn't play him with the right line mates, and they didn't do that consistently enough. I mean, he was like the town bicycle for a while. I mean, you're trying Kessel there, you're trying Sherry, Russ. They just couldn't settle on anything. And I don't care if you're Derek Broussard or Sidney Crosby or, or anybody. I mean, you have to have some consistent line mates, and they just didn't find that. And I think that with an off season, I think he's very likely to stay at him, and with an off season, I think he's going to be just fine. Riley Shan, Tom Kuhnhockel, Brian Russ, Dominic Simone, Jamie Alexiak, Tristan Jari, Daniel Sprung are all RFAs. Uh, all likely to get done, or will any be let to walk? Yeah, no, they're all likely to get done. Uh, I think there's a desire on both sides for all of that to happen. I think with the Penguins' cap situation, the cap going up a little bit, a lot of these guys, I would say, aren't you know long-term things. Like we looked at Dumoulin and Sherry last year, and it was sort of it was pretty obvious. You know, Sherry coming off 23 goals, Dumoulin is a no-brainer at this point, but that they would re-up for something longer term. Brian Rust fits in that category. But yeah. The other RFA guys, Alexiak, Shea, and Dominic Simone, like, they're probably year-to-year. You know, they're going to sign prove-it things. Um, and so I, I look for them to do that. They don't have a ton of bargaining power right now. They'll come back. I, I think one or two can earn some paydays um, after next year. But right now, I, I think you're just looking at a lot of one-year tenders and those guys coming back. And this is all obviously hypothetical, but if a guy like Kessel is moved, are the Penguins, is Jim Rutherford looking to get back a player that is a, a top D-pair kind of guy? Is he looking for a couple of wingers in order to fill out the depth? What do you think the Penguins would be targeting in terms of if they do wind up moving a guy like Phil Kessel? If Jim could, one of his, it might be his biggest, priority this offseason is to find a third pairing defense from the guys right-handed if that could come in the Kessel deal that would be great although it didn't happen or it doesn't have to happen um but you know Phil Kessel is obviously a top six you know elite level player they're not looking for that in return if they would trade him it would be mostly to free up cap space because they're going to have some heavy contracts coming down the pike a Jake Gensel for instance Matt Murray I believe after this year only has one more it's 3.75 so he's going to get paid um, so they're going to need the flexibility. Um, I, I know they would like to restock some of their draft picks and their, their farm system. It's not great right now. So, I mean, if, if Kessel gets moved, you're likely going to see it for top picks slash prospects. And the you know selling point to them or the attractive part to them would be the cap space that frees up 6.8 mil. 
Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. You mentioned in your piece on the Post-Gazette that uh, you wouldn't think Tavares would be a guy that they would be going after or be able to fit in uh, without you know cutting off their nose to spite their face at that point. Um, I don't see him being a fit either. Uh, I do suppose I understand some of the speculation because Jim Rutherford always does go out and get the big fish, but I just don't see that being a realistic possibility. I'm with you. I'm with you. And there are two things that I wrote in there, and it's obviously from hearing certain things. But Tavares would very likely not accept the third-line role. And if you brought him in, I mean, the, the money that he is theoretically going to command on the open market is stupid much. You know, he might end up making more than Evgeny Malkin. And let's just say he makes what Sid makes. Let's say he counts 8.7 against the cap. How do the Penguins get there? How do they free that up? Yeah. I mean, you basically have to get rid of Kessel and Broussard to fit him in. And, you know, you got to figure that you're going to have to open up jobs somewhere. So, I mean, would you take Derek Broussard and Phil Kessel taking another crack at it, or would you risk bringing in John Tavares? I, I like what they're doing now. I think they're just fine. I just think it would be too hard. I don't think Tavares would accept that role, and it would just take some really crazy stuff going on cap-wise. If they were to move Phil Kessel, and I realize I keep coming back to this hypothetical, but it's sports I know, talk it's like radio. Your third question in a row that started. If they move Phil Kessel, well, I just yeah, it's fun. I, I want to know. I, I kind of want it to happen because I just want something to happen. And I know that makes me terrible, but I would like to see it happen. For that reason, and maybe that reason only, I do want to see the Penguins win, though. So whatever they do do, I'll have faith that Jim Rutherford's doing it for the right reasons. But if they were to move a guy like Phil Kessel, maybe you slide in a John Carlson salary. How about that? You want them to bring in John Carlson? Is that what you're saying? I mean, it wouldn't hurt. I uh, I I don't think it would hurt, but I don't think it's happening. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, they love doing one of them as a top pair. I mean, Latang's not going anywhere. He's not tradable. I, well, come on, man. Washington's not going to let John Carlson go. Maybe John Carlson. Um, a- maybe John Carlson does not like to party as hard as the Capitals are partying right now, and would like to get to a more uh, kosher environment. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he and Barry Trotz have a rift. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> well, Barry Trotz deployment. not going to be there either, Mackie. I'll tell you what. He's going to go somewhere else too. He doesn't like the drinking either. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. Trotz is going to come back. Carlson's going to come back. You don't. See turnover like that, especially the extreme stuff with a cup-winning team. I, I, I don't even think adding John Carlson would be a great move for them. Already, I think Justin Schultz took a little bit of a step backwards because Latang was healthy all year. He didn't get the minutes and deployment that he normally did. And you're paying a guy $6 million to quarterback your second power play at times. I don't, I don't fault the Penguins or Schultz or anybody like that. I just You can't have that many cooks in the kitchen, especially not – is elite-level defenseman like that. I just I don't see it, man. All right, fine. How about Max Domi? That one works. <laughs> Max Domi would be terrific. I think that's a different one. Because if you look at it, too, I mean, Carl Hagelin is, is a guy that I mentioned earlier as a possible trade candidate, not because they don't like him, not because he hasn't been a productive player or he's a great fit. It's just after next year, he's going to leave. And the Penguins aren't going to go in the free agent market and match the type of money that some team who's desperate might to throw at a guy who's won multiple cops who you know, does some very important things. So you figure Carl Hagelin's off of your team after next year. If you can cut that a year short, but yet you've got control over somebody like Max Domi and you can play him with Danny Malkin, and there's the relationship there already with Ty Domi and Mario Lemieux, that's sort of why I wrote what I wrote. I've been sort of thinking about that. and um, The first-round pick 
fallen on some tough times. Um, that's happened before. And I wrote that with Shane and Cole and Jenny Alexiak and the Penguins are a pretty good history of rehabbing these guys. And it would make a lot of sense. And I know they've been linked to it. And I know that the Penguins have plenty of interest. I mean, that's not taking a huge leap. A lot of teams would have an interest in Max Domi. I think it's just going to come down to whether Arizona will do it, which I think there's some considerable doubt they will in what the return will be, cause I, or you know, what the asking price will be, I should say. Um, and I think it's going to be hefty. Last guy on my wish list, and Carlson's obviously, I mean, that was never going to happen. I just wanted to hear what you had to say, because I'd like to at least, I'd like to play him in uh, NHL 19 on my top pair with Chris Letang. That's what I want to do, so that's why I wanted that to happen. But uh, Very well. A guy that I wouldn't mind seeing in here, and I've been in love with him since the trade deadline, and even before that, is Michael Grabner. Yep. I, I'm with you, man. He fits the team identity to a T. Um, the only question I would have with Grabner, if you bring him in and you have Haglin, Rust, you know, these speedy wings who kill penalties, like there are only so many of those jobs open. And I also think, what did Grabner make, like 1.2 last year? Yeah. I think it's a nice dream, but I don't see there being any way that Grabner comes back making 1.2 again after the, I don't know the goals offhand, but he had a really good offensive year. I mean, you would think, what, up, up over three, maybe four? Some team's going to pay him that. The Penguins just don't get a, don't have that kind of money. I, I agree with you. I think it'd be a tremendous fit. He fits exactly what Mike Sullivan wants to do, but I, it's, I don't know if you can get there financially. Grabner's weird, man. I look at his numbers and, he had 27 goals and nine assists two years ago. And he had 27 goals and nine assists this year. That's pretty damn good and pretty damn weird. Uh, just what a pretty selfish player. That's tiny. Yeah, you know what? I don't want that guy. He's a selfish player. He's not going to set anyone else up. He just wants to score all the goals himself. That's all the media's fault, actually. The it is. And recovering him and putting too much pressure on him to get assists. Uh, Mackie, I did want to ask this question uh, from a perspective of somebody that covers the team because i have my thoughts on this but june 12th 2009 the penguins defeated the detroit red wings in game seven they won the stanley cup uh then in 2015 uh or pardon me 16 they defeated the san jose sharks to win the stanley cup in game six which one of those do you think should mean more to penguins fans man that's a good question yeah it's a really good question um i guess i would go detroit you know the first one of sid's career the first one of that era it was a longer wait between them um you know i I don't want to say that the sharks one felt like a repeat but it it felt more like a you know oh this is going to happen after all you know it's not going to be one and done like a little bit of a relief and they're just straight up like crazy jubilation like we haven't seen this in what 15 years or whatever i don't know my math is bad but it had been a while and I, I, that's why I go with that. It just feels a little bit more unique. Mackie, great stuff as always, both in written form and the auditory side of things here. Appreciate your time, and let's do it again. You got it, buddy. Anytime. Have a good one. Coming up next, the hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. 
That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hello? 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 How are you? Hey, you won't come down to flea bottom. That nufty's old mouth and trousers, isn't he? I all sixes and sevens, mate. Shuffer! Do one's not, you co- Two days away from the World Cup kicking off. Which means tomorrow is our last of the groups that we will determine a winner for before we choose which team that we will be rooting for in the upcoming 2018 World Cup. Group G. Today was voted on by the snowflakes of the Crowley Show. England, 47% of the vote, runs away with it. How about that? God save the Queen. Knees up, blokes. I wouldn't mind rooting for England. We could drink Boddington's. We could act fools. We could eat fish and chips every day. Because whatever team we root for, we're going to go over the top rooting for them. We're yeah. going to be wild about it. Bloody yeah. right you are, mate. We'll probably have to speak. If it is England, we'll probably have to talk like this a lot. Oh, yeah. Hello, mate. Hello. For the entirety of Pop the show. It. On the pitch, mate. Pubs. Football. I can't do the accent now. I keep, uh, Yinzer keeps sliding on in. Yeah, you go down and pitch, watch that game and that. Yeah, let's go <laughs> England here. I'm really pulling for England. You know what I love? I like Manchester. Liverpool. I'll tell you what, Liverpool's the squad I'm going to root for. Yinzer, English super fan. <laughs> so cool. That might be the angle I'll have to go with because I can't do the other accent. Oh, Wayne Rooney. See, now, see. Love me some Top Gear. See, that's really tough. <laughs> I can't say Wayne Rooney as Yinzer. I can only say Wayne Rooney as English. Yeah, how about that Wayne Rooney, you know? Yeah, Rooney, he's a, he's a guy. Yeah, Dan Rooney. Is he related to Dan Rooney? He's a Rooney. They're it, all related. Is Wayne Rooney even on the team anymore? It's probably a bunch of guys named Crouch. Like 15 Crouches. <laughs> you know it's the Crouches. Yeah, let's go cratch. I'll pull for my cratches. It's the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> Dennis Rodman is the GOAT. Dennis Rodman is maybe the best rebounder of the basketball in NBA history from the forward position. He was a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. He led the league in rebounds per game in seven straight years. He was a five-time NBA champion. Now, he didn't win as many rings as Russell. In fact, he won six less. But Bill Russell brokered less international peace talks. LeBron may have scored more points, and he is considered the greatest of all time. But what about intangibles here? LeBron can't even get J.R. Smith to learn the time in the scoreboard. Hell, his hand couldn't survive a whiteboard. Rodman has survived numerous trips to North Korea. He got Kim Jong-un to sit down with Donald Trump. LeBron won three rings. Rodman's won five. So sit the F down, Bron. Nice airline. Kobe Bryant couldn't win without Shaq. Hell, they couldn't get along. Rodman dressed in drag and got along with the Chicago Bulls. And he brokered a peace deal with North Korea. 
Is LeBron a world-renowned diplomat? How about Kobe? How about Kareem? How about Magic? Sure, they've all had their moments of social importance, but have any been involved like this? Hell, forget about basketball. Have any players been this involved as diplomats in any sport? Did Babe Ruth take time off in the summer of 1919 to broker the signing of the Treaty of Versailles? I forget, did Wayne Gretzky help Ronald Reagan get the hostages back from Iran in 1981? Was Otto Graham involved in the Paris Peace Treaties of 1947? Did Derek Jeter oversee the transferring of the Panama Canal from the United States to Panamanian control in 1999? Of course he didn't. Of course they didn't because none of them have Rodman-sized balls. Rodman's on-the-court abilities in terms of rebounding were second to none. He's a proven winner with five rings. He's a basketball Hall of Famer. But his off-the-court abilities to negotiate peace between the United States and North Korea shoot him into the number one spot as far as I'm concerned in the conversation for who is the greatest player in sports history. How about that? That's pretty crazy. Can you imagine, like, looking into the future? You know how we look back, like, on the Egyptian society and we go through the pyramids and there's statues and that's how we deem what the society was about? Yeah. Can you imagine a future generation, three, four, five thousand years in the future, they're digging through some ruins, they find something, they start dusting it off our archaeological style, and they find the great Radman who they decide is now some leader from 3,000 years ago that fixed the world and was a peace broker and did nothing but good things. And then this future generation will pray to Radman. And it's just this weird dude who could play basketball in our lives, but they think he's a deity. Dude, he'd be great in statue form, would he not? Oh, it would be perfect. Hey, he's got the nose ring, he's got the ear rings. That dude would look badass made of stone. He's godlike if you're looking at it through like an archaeologist position. Yes. Like, there would be ancient alien shows being like, I think Rodman was from another planet. Rodman healed the masses. He turned fish into water, into wine, and... Imagine if this statue was him in between Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump and they'd have to see the hair and they just assume that you either look like someone with a bunch of nose rings and ear piercings or you look like what they look like. But of course with the Rodman statue, it would not be complete without at least three strippers. That's true. And it would come with exchangeable outfits. Yes, yes. And and colored, colored stone hair. Yes. Yeah, Rodman would be wearing wigs depending on what the season was. <laughs> Rodman, season of green. Rodman was the bull sign. <laughs> I can't believe that this all went down the way that it did. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. Well, I mean, we got a reality star as our president, so why not have a basketball player serve soft world peace? Why well, not? And really, Dennis Rodman kind of started the whole reality industry. Yes, like, he did. He was a reality show. It was insane, and now Donald Trump, the reality star president, you got two reality stars, and then Kim Jong-un, who, he has a fade, but there's no hair where it's supposed to be at the bottom of the fade. It's just, it's just skin leading up to a ball of hair. Good for you, Rodman. Way to rock. God knows I'm not going to give Trump any credit, but I'll give Rodman a bunch of it. He deserves every bit of it. The great Rodman. All hail the great All Rodman. All hail the great Rodman. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. Did you see the United States U18 basketball team led Panama 43 to nothing at the end of the first quarter? I haven't seen the United States cut through the heart of Panama like that since 1909. Woo! Other crap. 
not the first time that they'd have to dig themselves out of a hole. Woo! Other crap. Shehei Otani will be out the next two years with Tommy John surgery. Oh, no. Woo! Other crap. What a Shehei. Woo! Other crap. More like Otani John. Woo! Other crap. It's been 471 days. You sure? Thereabouts since Pitt Basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Adam Crowley. You have to know what words are coming out of your mouth so that you know how to appropriately erect. Appropriately erect is what I was about to say. I'm not taking the inventory of the words that are coming out of my mouth. So you can't say, oh, I'm tough guy. We're sitting, sitting you down. It don't matter. Oh! You just got to take his business. How much did you feel, though? The, the... Second star. Good job. I was sloppy today. Good I think. Today, yeah, it was really sloppy. Tonight's second star of the show. Google alerts. <laughs> I wake up to the Google alerts. Like we're all sending like vicious Google alerts, like firing them at Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio <laughs> Brown, terrible teammate, worst human being. That's how he wakes up. Come on, you know how hard it is to dodge Google alerts? I mean, those things come quick, man. You know what? There's nothing he can do. You don't know they're there until they're there. Yeah, there's no button on his phone to turn the Google alert off. <laughs> no, not at all. Maybe That'd switch to too- Yahoo alerts. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit lacking. Not going to wake up as much in the middle of the night. Hey, put your phone on vibrate! Google alert just in. We got a first star. And tonight's first star is the greatest athlete in the history of planet Earth. Dennis Rodman! Did Babe Ruth take time off in the summer of 1919 to broker the signing of the Treaty of Versailles? I forget, did Wayne Gretzky help Ronald Reagan get the hostages back from Iran in 1981? Was Otto Graham involved in the Paris Peace Treaties of 1947? Didn't Derek Jeter oversee the transferring of the Panama Canal from the United States to Panamanian control in 1999? Of course he didn't. Of course... They didn't. None of those Jamokes have Rodman-sized balls. Although maybe Gretzky helped Carter. Who let the dogs out? I didn't look into it that far. (laughs) There's a possibility of that. It's possible. It is absolutely possible. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Did he help Reagan? Tomorrow on the show, Tim Benz at 420. I don't know what else. Don't know. Fun frivolity. Yes. Some Tom. Yes. Some you. Yeah, some you. Some me. Countries. We'll do countries. We'll do some countries. I don't remember what's left, but we'll we'll do them. What comes after G? F? Uh, Group H. H? (laughs) That's all coming tomorrow. (laughs) Have a, a blessed day. You use every club in your bag on the meticulously maintained Seven Springs and Hidden Valley Golf Courses. These mountaintop courses take maximum advantage of the mountain vistas of the Laurel Highlands. Play two dynamic courses that are each beginner-friendly, yet present a challenging round to the advanced golfer. The ultimate Laurel Highlands golf getaway is back. Play both Seven Springs and Hidden Valley. One and two night lodging packages at Seven Springs are available. For more information, visit the number sevensprings.com. Seven Springs, your headquarters for outdoor fun. 
I forgot to tease what's up next. It's the uh, Jerry Dulack football show, right? No. Uh, Tom and Tom golf show. Oh. Um, I can't believe you didn't tell anybody is that. Is that having a blessed day? Is that like your new outline? I was trying to do the British accent. <laughs> oh, you were? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything to say. Well, I mean, I just wanted to say we could probably think of a better one if you want to like really nail one down. I think there's better options than The that. British are coming! <laughs>